0: Well good morning Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Here we are in December and we're heading into Christmas. Who would have thought? I mean what a a year this has been. I said to somebody just the other day I can remember Christmas uh, uh, for 2019 really really clearly. I can remember the Christmas lunch we had. I can remember the staff lunch that we had and so many things have gone on this year. I think everybody is crying out for some kind of normal Christmas um, I don't know about you, but I love the whole Christmas season. You know, we've got the you know the trees up. We've done the church. The um, we've hung the lights. Um, I love the Christmas season. I love the party hats. I even like the the crazy cracker jokes. Um, I love the Christmas lunch. I love the mulled wine. I love the hot chocolate with the marshmallows on top. Um, I love the mince pies. You know what? Everything about Christmas. I love the family time that we have together and we see people that perhaps we haven't seen for some time. I love that whole season of good cheer and everybody thinking nice thoughts and good thoughts towards each other. But for a Christian. Christmas is so much more. Um, it's a time where we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Saviour of the world. And as we head into this Christmas season, we've got three Sundays now. Um, I've got Pastor Sally speaking uh, for next Sunday. And then we've got our big Christmas celebration, which is, which is just going to be fantastic, um, as it always is, even though we're online here and you know socially distant service. But we're going to push the boat out again and do everything that we can to really have a great celebration. And as we go through this month, I really want to spend some time in... in um, understanding more. What is Christmas all about? Um, And so today, we're just going to kick off really with just a couple of scriptures um, that I'm just going to paraphrase for you. Actually, there was a time, and it speaks about um, all of these things in the Gospels, actually, when the angel came to Mary and said, you are going to conceive and you're going to bring forth a son who's called the Son of God, who will set up a kingdom and the kingdom won't ever end. I mean, that's quite an announcement to somebody who was a teenager at the time and, and um, had never known a man. And, and, and here she is being told that she's going to have a child. And then the angels on the night that um, he was born, so we're going on, you know, a number of months now, the angels come to the shepherds. And they say this, the shepherds are up on the mountaintop and they say, a saviour or the saviour of the world has just been born. So those two announcements by angels are absolutely huge. Again, to the shepherds, it was the saviour of the world has been born. And to Mary, it was you're going to conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the story of Christmas. This is the account of Christmas. He said, you're going to conceive, you're going to, have a child and that child is going to be the son of God who's going to set up a kingdom. As we think about Christmas, it's very easy to just focus on the baby in the manger and you know, the, the wise men come and the shepherds and the angels. But I want to go to the very heart of God. I want to go to the very plan of God. Why did we need a savior? Why did the angel come and say to Mary, you're going to have a child and that child is going to be the son of God? How come that all had to happen? Did he come in order to just set up a new religion? Did he come to just, you know, be some kind of a teacher and to, um, you know, to show us a good way to live? Or was there something more powerful than that? So today we're going to talk about the plan that God has for mankind. We're going to find out that God has created man to have a family type of a relationship with him as the father and us as his children. We're going to think about how that impacts us individually and what it actually does in our lives, what that achieves. Does it just make us a religious person that goes to church or attends a church service and gives us a a bit of a crutch in life? Or does it actually do something far, far more than that? So today, as we begin, I want us to start to understand the whole concept of God and i know that's that's huge people have been debating god for centuries endless endless you know sermons have been preached about who is god all sorts of things have been discussed and debated about is god like this or is god like that and it's because everything that we understand about christmas and if we're going to understand christianity we need to understand the very character of god himself is he good or is he bad is he is he happy or is he angry Is he a stern God or is he a relaxed God? You know, all these things people have asked and and have their opinions about. Is he the source of abundant life or is he a killjoy? Is he irrelevant to everyday life? Is he just a picture in a stained glass screen somewhere? Or is he a God who actually wants to be involved in our everyday life and can make a difference in how we live our lives? Well, in order to understand and to answer some of those questions, we need to go all the way back to the beginning and see the very heart and the character of God. The Bible says at the very start, in the beginning, God, he created the heavens and the earth. And then there's a whole chapter about how God created things, the sun and the moon and the planets and everything else. God is a creating God. But the thing I just want to, you know, begin to understand there is in the beginning was God. And as a Christian, I absolutely believe that our God is the creator of everything. And God is a spirit. He's everywhere. There's all sorts of expressions that say that God understands everything. He knows everything. God is all powerful. God is everywhere. God, I don't know, I... He is so big. God is a big God. God is a great God. He can't be confined in a box. He can't be you know, contained or restricted in any way. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. And I'm going to add in a few other things here. God is all-loving. The Bible says God is love, God is life, and God is light. Those three things are good things because the Bible says God is love, in him there is no fear, there is no hatred. God is light, in him there is no darkness and God is life, in him there is no death. This begins to start to paint a picture that our God is a good God. The Bible also says that our God is a holy God. And holiness can be understood in so many ways. And of course, this is a Sunday morning. We don't want to get too deep and get into theology here this morning. But God is a holy God, which means God is really separated from all the bad stuff. God is separated from what the Bible calls sin. He's separated from hatred. He's separated from fear. He's separated from sickness and disease and from poverty and from oppression and from depression. It doesn't mean to say he doesn't care about these things, but they're not part of his existence. God is a good God. He's a God of life. He's a God of light. He's a God of love. He's a God who, when he came to people, he said things like this, what can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I set you free? How can I empower you to be all that I want you to be? How can I provide for you? You know, the Lord's Jesus Christ said this, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then as we go through the Gospels, we find out that that he was a good, he was a good Jesus. He went around and he healed people and he set people free and he loved people and he received the outcasts of life and he accepted people just as they are. You see, we're just beginning to find out that our God is a good God. Our God is a God of life. Our God is a God of light. Our God is a God of love. At the time, God made man. He'd created everything else. He'd created all the animals and all the, all the planets and all, all the stars, and he' created the sun and the moon. He created the animals, the fish, the birds of the air. But then there was a time that he got to the place where he created the crown of his creation. You know what? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they had this conversation and they said this. They said, let us make man to be just like us. You see God didn't just make man to just be like another being on earth. He made man as the crown of his creation. He said, "I want you to be like me. I want you to have a relationship with me. I want us to live together." The Bible says they actually, you know, spoke. There was the garden of Eden. They actually spoke, they walked and they talked. They had what the Bible calls fellowship, which means real intimate fellowship. It means we understand each other and we know each other. We live Um, alongside each other. We do life together. And God did that by speaking. He spoke and he created the planets. He spoke and he created all the animals. And he spoke and he made man. Our God is a creator God. And when he created man, he didn't create man because he was lonely. He didn't create man because he wanted another servant. He didn't create man to be some kind of house pet. He created man to be part of his family. But something happened, because God is a God of love, he gave that man that he created something called free will. He gave man the ability to choose what he wanted to do. I'm a parent, Um, I've got three boys, they've all grown up now. Um, well, they have physically anyway, and we're, we're believing God for, you know, all the, all the wisdom and the maturity to really flourish and to, and to really shine. But they've all grown up and they're all tremendous. I love my boys. But you know what, as I think about how they grew up, um, early on, you know, we had to really set strong boundaries in place. We had to really say, no, you don't do that, and you don't do that, and we didn't overly, you know, we couldn't overly explain why. We just had to put boundaries in place. In fact, when they were really young, they were in things they couldn't get out of, like a pen. They were in this little, you know, a a playpen. Why? Because if they got out, they'd go and break something or they'd go and grab hold of something. They'd go and do something that they didn't really understand. And um, and when God made man, he said, you know what? You can do anything you want. You can absolutely have free reign to do anything you want on the planet. But there's just one thing I'm going to say, and that is I'm going to put you in this sort of a boundary to restrict you to the good things. You really don't wanna be playing around with stuff like sin, with stuff like sickness and disease. You really don't want all this stuff in your life. You don't want there to be poverty and famine. You don't want there to be depression in your life. You don't want there to be rejection and heartache and and upset. You don't want there to be stress and anxiety. You don't want there to be fear and all this stuff in your life. And how you're gonna keep it all away is don't eat, From that tree over there. You see, God wasn't saying don't eat of a tree because he was being strict and nasty. He was saying don't eat of that because if you do, you're going to open the door to a whole load of pain, a whole load of hurt, a whole load of stuff that you really don't want in your life, all the stuff that is not good for mankind. But he still gave Adam the choice of what he wanted to do. And it was because God loved man. You see, God's not a control freak. He's not a controller. He didn't say you will do what I say on you, you know, and start to get officious and angry. Um, He's a God who says, you know what? I love you. I've got a plan for your life. I've got a plan for the earth. I've got a plan for mankind, and a part of that plan is man on earth being just like God and keeping out all the bad stuff. But Adam. He made a wrong choice. We all know that choices have consequences. You know, something again of, you know, trying to teach your children as they grow up is when they make decisions, those decisions have consequences. Some are good, some are bad. And so God had said to man, don't eat of the tree because uh, all this stuff's going to happen. It'll, it'll kill you and it'll kill creation. It'll destroy all the good stuff I've made. But Adam, mankind still had a choice. And so man made the wrong choice. And this wasn't God's, you know, officious, nasty anger or punishment coming in. wasn't that at all. It was just the consequences of sin. And the Bible says there's this incredible verse in the Bible. It says that if you sin, there's going to be a payday for that sin. And it says the payday of that sin, the outcome, the consequences of that sin is, it, is it's going to kill you. And that's what happened to Adam. And I know this is the Christmas season, it's a time to be jolly. But for us to understand the power of Christmas and the power of a saviour, we must understand this, that mankind fell. It all went very wrong because man made the wrong choice. He opened the door to all the stuff that God did not want in his creation. He didn't want on earth. He didn't want um, his creation to experience it in any way. You know what? He was a God who created man to enjoy love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and authority and strength and success and abundance in their lives. But sin brought in all the stuff that as we look around the world today, there is heartbreak in the heart of God. As this happened with Adam and as he, and as he sinned, as he did the wrong thing, as he chose the wrong thing, as he made the wrong choice... Everything fell into darkness. Instead of light, there was darkness. Instead of love, there was fear. Instead of life, there was death. There was famine in the earth. There was, you know, Adam's kids, Cain and Abel, they got straight at each other and one killed the other. All sorts of things began to happen. And it wasn't God putting that in the earth. It was the fact that man opened the door to it. It was man's choice. Instead of fellowship, we have division. Instead of love, there was selfishness. There was hatred. And today, as we look around the world, we see a huge polarization. We see this group against that group. We see no no acceptance of each other. That's probably a strong thing to say. but, But you know what? There's division all over the world. There's people everywhere trying to have dominion over other people, trying to control other people. Instead of faith, there was fear. See, faith is a powerful thing. Faith is something that gives you a, um, a power in life to go through. The Bible says we can move mountains by faith. We can see all sorts of breakthroughs by faith. But that faith which Adam knew, it turned into fear and he went and hid away from God. And God found Adam. God wasn't you know, trying to you know, destroy Adam in any way. He said, what's gone wrong, Adam? Why have you done what you've done? Now we've got to sort this out. But instead of faith, there was fear, there was worry, there was stress, there was anxiety. Everything that we think today is normal arrived on the scene because of the wrong choice that Adam made. Instead of light, there was darkness. I know on the internet now, there's, there's all sorts of things that we're trying to protect our kids from. There's something called the dark web. You know, everything that you think about, you know, the darkness is something that you want to stay away from. It's something that's creepy. It's something that's nasty. I'm not talking about the nighttime, of course. I'm talking about, you know, if you go into a place and you think this place just doesn't feel right. I just want to get out of it. There's like a darkness, there's like a, an oppression, there's like a heaviness, there's, there's things that happen and people get stuck in, in habits in life and it's as if a darkness has got hold of them. Something that, you know, is trying to squash out the light that God wants to be to people. There's a heaviness, there's an oppression. That was all there because the light was removed when Adam made the wrong choice. Instead of life, there was death. I've already said, you know, there was anger and all of that, but but sickness came into the earth. God didn't create man to be sick and in pain. He created man and God's a good God. He said he saw everything he created was good. And we can read through the Gospels, and I know perhaps I'm going ahead of myself a little bit, but we find out that our God is a healing God. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ said, I have come to bring life and life in all its fullness. He went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, why? Because God is a good God, but instead of that life, there was death, sickness, disease came in, but also a death came in to mankind, into into man's hearts. Instead of having life on the inside, there was now something far heavier, far, um, there was death. The Bible calls it death, spiritual death, where we don't know God, where we're separated from God. This is quite a teach here today, but as we go into this Christmas season, I want us to understand, I believe Almighty God wants us to understand our need for a Saviour. And in order to do that, we need to understand God's plan for mankind. The whole of creation fell. Everything went very wrong. But there is good news. And it's this, that God had and has a plan. As God is all-knowing, he's all-understanding, he's all-powerful, he didn't. A plan everything to fall but what he did do is on the day that it all fell he said immediately I've got a plan and I've got a plan to sort out all the mess. You see Christianity and having a relationship with God is not just about being religious and having to dress a certain way and to do certain things and to sing certain songs and to you know that's not what Christianity is all about. Christianity is about God restoring mankind back with God. Everything that was lost when man made the wrong choice. What Christianity is about is how God sorts it all out. It's the answer to everything that went wrong. I used to take my kids to, you know, to the shops. I still do sometimes, but they've all grown up really. But if we took them to the shops... Often some of the shops that we went to, you'd have a sign on the shelves and stuff. If you break it, you pay for it. All breakages must be paid for. Um, And The amount of times we used to take our kids and hold on to them tightly into the shop. Why? Because there are so many ornaments or things that little hands would just get hold of and break or snap or do something with. Why? Because if you break it, you've got to pay for it. And we've just found out that creation really got completely broken. But the problem was man couldn't pay for it. Man had no ability to put it right. Man had no ability. It's a bit like your kids. If you go into an expensive shop and a two-year-old gets a priceless vase and breaks it, that child has got no way that they can pay for it. Not priceless. I couldn't pay for that. But you know, if something's expensive, it goes on to the parent. And God is such a good God. He said this. He didn't say, if you break it, you've got to pay for it. He said this, and this is the message of the gospel. If you break it, I'll pay for it. And the whole point of Jesus coming to this earth was this. Mankind had broken God's creation. All the good things God had created had been corrupted, had been destroyed. Instead of life, there was death. Instead of love, there was fear. Instead of goodness, there was was evil, there was hatred, there was sin. And God said, you know what? You can't ever pay for it. You see, all the other religions, a lot of other faiths say this. You've got to pay the price for what you've done wrong. You've either got to do this or you've got to do that. Or you've got to be perfect for God to accept you back again. Or you've got to pray a certain way. Or you've got to dress a certain way. Or you've got to sacrifice certain things. Or you've got to stop doing that. Because that's the way you're going to be good enough for the price to be paid for you to get back to where God wants you to be, which is eternally with him in heaven. But what Christianity says is this, what the gospel says, the good news about Jesus Christ is this, even though you've broken it, even though mankind created the mess, and I know we can look back to Adam and say, why the heck did you do that? But you and I know that we all make those same choices, Uh, hopefully not every day, but we make the same bad choices in our lives. We do things to keep God out, to be selfish. You know, there's all sorts of anger in the world today and we don't help it. We hurl abuse or we pour out, you know, division out of our own lives and we, and we put people down and, we, and we're selfish. We're not generous, all the things. So we're only helping the problem, really. But God says this, you know what? If you break it, don't worry. You won't ever be able to pay the price for it. I love you so very, very much that I will pay the price. This is the account of Christmas. When the angel came, he said, Here comes a savior. Here comes the one who will save the world, who will take away the sin of the world, who will mend everything that's already been broken. He will put it all back together again. When the angel spoke to Mary, he said, You're going to give, you're going to conceive and you're going to have a child. And that child is going to be the son of God, not just a prophet or a good man or a holy man. He's going to be God himself. As a Christian, I believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. The Bible says God became flesh. The word became flesh. God became a man and he lived among us. And he came to experience life, to display the heart of God, to show God's love. But ultimately, he came to die on a cross. I know we think about that at Easter. But the whole point of Jesus being a saviour and the whole announcement of Jesus being the Son of God who's come to take away the sin of the world, to save the world is this, that he would live on this earth, he would show the heart of God, he would heal people, he would set people free on an individual basis, but then he would do something so powerful that the whole of creation would never be the same again. He would go to the cross and he would pay the price. Why? Because man had, had, had smashed creation The price had to be paid, a sacrifice had to be paid in order to put to death all the death, all the hatred, all the sickness. Not to punish people, but to set people free. Jesus died on the cross to give life and life in all its fullness. See, God's plan was this, I'll send my son. He'll be born of the Virgin Mary at Christmas time. We celebrate it at Christmas time. He didn't come from Adam. He came from Almighty God. It was announced by the angel. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord Jesus Christ was born in the earth. And he came as the savior of the world to fix all the broken creation, to to fix the broken heart of mankind. I said earlier on that, Then instead of life, there was death. I like to think of mankind having an engine on the inside and that engine's supposed to be an engine that sort of, you know, produces the good stuff. But because of what Adam did and how we live, that engine gets gets destroyed, really. And and all we produce out from the inside is the things that really are not good for us. But the good news of the gospel is this. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you give your life to him, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and your saviour, something amazing happens. By the power of God, you see, God will replace the engine on the inside of the human life. The Bible says this, he takes out the old dead heart, the old hard heart, and he puts in a brand new heart that's full of life. See, Christianity, it's not about a religion. It's not about just being a religious person. Liking a certain style of music, you know, singing certain hymns that, you know, believing things that are just like a crutch in your life. See, Christianity is about a person being recreated. Our God is a creator God. We've already talked about the fact that he created everything great. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, the good news is this. By the power of the Holy Spirit in the same way that he created all of creation that we've seen and all the animals and mankind originally, he comes into your life and he recreates the very engine on the inside of you. The Bible says that we are a spirit, that we are a, a spiritual person and that spiritual person gets recreated, gets healed, is made whole again. That happened to me on October the 8th. 1984 that was the day that was the evening i was at the fairfield halls and and i heard somebody speak about god's love about how much god loved me and of course this whole plan comes down to how much god loves us he made man because he wanted somebody in his family he didn't want a servant he wanted a son he had a heart to have a daughter to have a child so he made mankind Mankind rebelled against God, but because of his love, he sent a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was born 2,000 years ago. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas. That's what the Christmas trees and the Christmas cards and the the Christmas pudding and what it's all about. But the greatest gift this Christmas time is that somebody receives Jesus Christ as Lord, as saviour, as the Son of God into their own life. You see, God wants to be your father again. I know I'm speaking to so many people that have already given their life to Christ. I did that, as I say, you know, 36 years ago. I gave my life. Why? Because the love of God so impacted me that God loved me. And he loved me so much. He didn't want to condemn me. He didn't want to... you know, to destroy me. He wanted to repair my life. He wanted to put life back on the inside. We're going to find out in the weeks to come what that means to us individually. But God's plan for mankind is only good. And God's plan for you, my friend, today is only good. And it comes from an incredible heart of love from a Father God who has done everything to give us life. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer right now as we close today's uh, message as the first part of this Christmas season, understanding what Saviour Jesus is all about. But I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord. Perhaps you've got a lot of questions. I'm sure you have. Perhaps I've even caused a lot of questions today. I can remember somebody I was speaking to some time ago, he sort of was interested in God. He said, I just can't believe in Adam and Eve and and all that creation stuff. And I said, yep, fine. Come on, just open your heart to Jesus. Uh, He'll sort of talk about everything else and he'll explain everything to you. And I just know that today, even if I have created lots of questions and what did God create everything? How does science work? You know what, science and God work hand in hand. Really no problem with that. But today, What I'd like you to do is to focus on the fact that God loves you, that He's got a plan for your life and that because He loves you so very much, He sent His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we remember at Christmas time, to come to die on the cross, to give you life. And I'm gonna ask you to pray a prayer now, just as I did 36 years ago, to receive Jesus into your own life. And I know as you pray this simple prayer, if it's if it's from your heart, if it's from the inside that says, you know what, I want to know God. I want to know this life. I want to know, does God love me? Is there a savior? If you pray this with sincerity today, God's going to do a work in your life. And the Bible says he's going to give you a brand new heart. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me right now. I'm going to say a line, then you say a line after me. I, I do this every Sunday. And if you've been seeing us online, you would have heard this before. But why don't you make this your prayer today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you've demonstrated your love through sending your son to die on the cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, I want to say that is the greatest gift that God can give you this Christmas. That's the gift of eternal life. But You can now call Almighty God your Father. Of course, there's gonna be other uh, steps in any developing of any type of a relationship. We need to learn about the other person. And in this case, we have the Bible, God's word, for us to learn about God. And, and someone's gonna come online in just a second and talk to you about those things. But friend, I wanna to speak to all of us today and say, come on, let's have an amazing Christmas season. Let's do everything we can to, you know, to bring joy and to bring peace and to bring all the goodness of God into this hurting world right now, because you know what? We have an incredible savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He loves people and he's got a plan for this world. So God bless you and we'll see you next week.